Welcome back to Speaking. The last episode was about leadership and speaking, and I want to build on this by today starting to talk about human behavior. And I want to build up this in a few episodes. So we start with the very, very basics today, and then we're going to build up to more defined and specialized topics going into it. So today I want to talk about characteristics. And I mean very, very broad characteristics. And afterwards, in the next episode, I want to dive into personalities. So if you don't want to learn about characteristics, you can just skip to the next episode. But be known or know that actually what I'm going to talk about, some of it might sound like common knowledge. Others you might have never heard about before. Some of it you might have never thought about before. And that's what I think is very important. If you think about things like how actually how characteristics might influence our work behavior or our behavior in general, you can see new things. You can see how people or why people do what they do. You might gain some insights that you can use to be a better leader and a better speaker. Most importantly, for you to understand how this is built up in the very first episodes and. Actually, I'm not really sure how many will be in the end. I will talk to you about individual behavior, so you will learn how singular, single people think, how people behave, and why they do what they do. And afterwards, I'm going to talk a little bit about group behavior, how people act or behave in groups or in organizations. I will be talking a lot about organizations, and what do I mean by organizations? Organizations are not just companies. Organizations can be anything from a family. It can be a state. Any every time people get together to do something together, this is already an organization. It could be friends. So as promised today, I'll start talking about individual characteristics, and let's get started with biographical characteristics. The first one could be, for example, the age of people. How does the age influence people? And you can start by thinking about knowledge. We all know that old people know more than young people, and young people learn first faster than old people. And actually, science has proven this. They actually made fancy names for this. So next time you want to show off a little bit, you can you can learn these names and talk about these names. So whenever you talk about older people having more routine and learn a lot, they have crystalline intelligence. So this crystalline intelligence is what makes older people in Let's say in brackets, older people. I mean, just people above the age of twenty-five. By the way, makes them more experienced. And whenever they do something, they already have routine. They have formed their mind. But it means they are less flexible. So everybody who is above twenty-five is slowly slowing down in their ability to be flexible. It's quite interesting how we treat people these days in in work environments. So we always say, oh, you have to be flexible. You have to be creative and more flexible and more flexible. We have agile work asking people to be flexible on different projects. So we assume that all people are younger than 25 when we push them on flexibility. But that being said, by the way, the other kind of intelligence that we're talking about for young people is called fluid intelligence. Makes sense to call it a little bit scientific, fluid. You know, you're floating. You can be flexible. You can be creative. So this is all the way up to the age of 25. You're more fluid in your intelligence. Of course, the age also correlates with、um, absenteeism, which means you're not going to work 
absenteeism from organizational context, for, from a company context, it means the older you are, the less you come to work because of some issues here, some issues there, problems or whatsoever. But you have to make a decision. Actually, absenteeism, is, absenteeism describes a phenomena that means some people don't come to work because they don't want to come to work. Like they do this action on purpose. There is also kind of absenteeism that means that people cannot come to work for real issues. So when you get older, this kind of absenteeism that you cannot avoid, unavoidable absenteeism, is increasing because you have more issues indeed. But the preventable one, the one that could be avoided, this one is not increasing with the age. This is very important to understand. So if you hire older people, it doesn't mean they don't want to come to work. Actually, your satisfaction with work, your work satisfaction, is going in a U curve. That means at the beginning of your work, when you start working, you're whatever, finished studying, you're 25, or it depends, maybe you're, you're 22, depending on the country. Maybe you just finished school and you want to start working. Um, your satisfaction at work is very high. You're very happy at work. And then you drop into this U-curve over the, over the time, over your age. And I always call this the black hole of work. So it starts around, let's say, 28 and ends at 55 with a midlife crisis. And um, this is a common phenomenon all over the world. I believe this has to do with work, with age. So age at work. So if you grow older at the end of your work, let's say around 50, your your work satisfaction rises again to very great highs. Maybe because you get promoted a lot, maybe you're in a better position, leadership position at the end of your life, at the end of your work life, I'm sorry. And um, this is very important to know. So what we can what can we take from this? For example, when you think about leadership, you can you have to lead people differently depending on the age and also depending on how long they have been in the company. For example, um, when people are new to the company, they need a lot of assignment-oriented work, assignment-oriented leadership. So you have to tell them exactly what they have to do, what they want to do. Otherwise, they really don't know what they should do. At the end, at the later stage of work, when they worked a lot, they worked for, for, for some years or something, they don't need to have that clear assignments. You just tell them, you need to do this and that, do however you like to do it. And that's what they need, and they will appreciate it a lot. That comes with age and with experience. So let's move on to another topic of individual characteristics. What could also be make some differences? For example, we can think about um, our gender. And I don't want to dive into gender studies. I think I told this a lot in the, in the first episode. And the only thing I have to say here, that there is actually no cognitive differences between genders. But there are stereotypes and a lot of expectations to, to your role. So that is actually very important because it influences our acceptance for leaders, for example. It is weird to say, but even now these days, even though we have that great society development in the last hundreds hundreds of years, we still have a very patriarchal idea of leadership. Our leader, our ideal leader for everyone, men and women, by the way, is still that kind of hero or father figure that is supposed to be our leader. And that is actually something that is decreasing, but it's still there. That's what, what research suggests. 
but I'm very happy to say that it's decreasing fastly in the, in the last, let's say, 20 years or something. So what other characteristics could be important? We could think about ethnics or religions, but again, there has been no results found by any science researchers. There is no evidence that suggests anything is different between ethnics or religions. But again, there are stereotypes and role expectations. One thing that is interesting that is also a biographic characteristic is the time that you have been in an organization. And again, it doesn't matter if it's a company or a family or a friendship circle or whatever it is. The longer you have been in there, it correlates with your satisfaction in the group or in the organization. So it means if you have somebody who has been a part of your friend circle for years and years, it's unlikely that they will just quit with the circle and just leave it. Same goes for companies and organizations. If you have a worker who has been there for years, maybe even decades, it is correlated negatively with, uh, with absenteeism and with their likelihood to quit the job. These workers are very valuable or these members of the group are very valuable because they have higher satisfaction, they are happier, they're more positive and they're less likely to quit the group. What other characteristics do we have? So now I talked a lot about biographic characteristics, things that are probably very obvious, like your age or your gender. But there are also intellectual abilities that we can think about as characteristics. For example, how good are you in your verbal expression or in your mathematic abilities? That is very important. Also, how you, how you perceive things, how fast your perception works or how great you can think in a three-dimensional room, for example. Or also logical thinking, if you can think inductive or deductive and how good your memory works. All of this, I would say, correlates together. And we can summarize this as a general mental ability. And this is, for example, very important to think about. If you think about this mental ability of people, you have to think about how to lead these people. Maybe you have a group where someone has a very high mental ability, general mental ability, and there are some others who don't. Is it good to put them together in a group? Is it bad? And that's what you can think about as a leader. Also, when you make a speech, even more important, what kind of audience are you talking to? Do you talk to an audience with a very high general mental ability? Can they perceive your ideas very fast? Or do you have to explain them very often and redundant? It actually makes a big difference because if you explain something redundant in expectance of having a group with a, let's say, low general mental ability, and they in fact have a high mental general mental ability, it means they are bored. And you want to avoid this by any means. So what we know is that intelligence itself, this general mental ability, is a very good predictor for having a career success. So if you are smart, you might have a good career. But again, I want to say here that you don't really have to be smart. That's my, let's say, life experience. Although the research says it this way and I believe in it, I want to say one thing. And this is one, yeah, one thing my father said in my head long, long time ago. You don't have to be smart to be successful. You just have to be clever. So if you're clever, and I'm sure you are because you're listening to this podcast, you can take the time, pat your shoulder and say, oh yes, I'm clever. Take your time for this. 
One more thing I want to talk about when thinking about intelligence, that's the so-called Flint effect. So the Flint effect suggests that our IQ, our general mental ability, is increasing with every 10 years. So that means that we are smarter than our than the generation that was there before us, and that this generation was smarter than the generation that did forego them. So if we think about this, it makes sense. I mean, we do much more complicated stuff these days than let's say our ancestors did and our IQ certainly did increase but the thing is it's hard to prove this scientifically because a lot of things that change for example our education systems that change it changed the way we how we teach kids and also how we care for kids the nuclear family so the smallest group of family that lives together has decreased a lot. And we have a lot of single childs now that get a lot of attention. So they have greater chances to, to develop a higher IQ because they get a lot of support in comparison to a family where you have, let's say, five, maybe even eight children. And you cannot support them in the same amount that you could support a single child. If you ever want to experience this kind of nuclear single family with only single childs, this is something that happened in China in the last, I don't know, 30 years of because of the single child policy that they have been driven. So you have a lot of families with only one child and they did put a lot of effort for that one child to be successful, to have a good career, to have, develop a high IQ, get a lot of education. So this happens a lot, especially there, but it happens everywhere in the world, more or less. Let's talk about another topic. So what else could be characteristics of people? We can think about, um, let's say, bodily characteristics. How is your physical power, your endurance, or your flexibility? This could be important for performance in some jobs. But actually, most of the times, we are simply thinking about jobs where this is not important, and we just ignore this. But if you think about somebody who is dancing, ballet, or somebody who is working, who is a construction builder or something, then this could be important, an important characteristic for their behavior. You can think about it. How can you approach these people? For example, I am teaching a lot of Kung Fu. I Chinese, Southern Chinese style that's called Yong Chun or Wing Chun. And there, whenever I teach people, I have to think about their flexibility and their endurance and how and how much power they have when thinking about how to teach them because this is a very physical sport it's a very physical activity you, you touch each other a lot and if you consider your teaching to be very good you have to take in consideration how much power they have because if you do it wrong you might hurt each other and you don't want that of course but for most of us for most of the listeners here i guess we're talking about other jobs that you are in and most of these bodily characteristics are not so not so important. You can think about them a little bit, but I would suggest you more think about these general mental abilities and the biographical characteristics like age and gender and how they influence how you approach people. Last but not least, there is something called the halo effect. And this one you have to keep in mind. This one comes from neuroeconomics or basically decision making. We have a certain bias when we think about people. When somebody comes up and this person appears to be very pretty for us, let's say there is a beautiful girl coming up that is very pretty or for the other gender, a, 
very handsome man coming up to you. And it's even the same for, for same sex. It doesn't really matter because if there is a man coming up, you consider him, he's very, very handsome, even as a man. You might think in a kind of rivalry or something. So there is a certain thing that's called the halo effect. So the halo effect means that person looks good. And because that person looks good, we think that person has a very nice characteristics, very nice personality and whatsoever. And this can bias our decisions in a very bad way. So if we want to hire someone and we hire and we say, or we think about personality, we don't care about your looks, but we invite them to come in and some two people, one looks amazing, the other one does not, but the other one has a better personality, we might still choose the one who looks better because this halo effect already biases our decision without we even knowing. But when we know about it, and that's the reason why I'm talking about all these characteristics today. When we know about it, we know how we make our decisions and we feel when we are biased. So this is most important what you can take out of this episode today. Know what characteristics there are, know how they influence us, how they influence our decision making, how they influence our work behavior or our behavior in general and take our insights from this. You should take your insights from this in a way that you can think about that you now might understand some certain behavior of people. You see someone doing something and now you can think about characteristics why they do what they do. And this will give you an amazing advantage uh, above everybody who does not know about this. Just the insight, just knowing about this is already a lot to make you a better speaker and a better leader. I hope you liked this episode. What I forgot the last time, actually, very important. Like this episode. Please like, subscribe if you want to be informed about the next episodes that come up. So this was the episode for today. Thank you for listening. You're Lucas. See you next time here at Spear King.